Whoa, okay, sorry about that. Uh, we're going to be seeing the end of time, the latter times. Just down a little bit, yeah. The latter times. All right. Matthew chapter number 24. We'll start with verse number one. If I can find Matthew 24. It says, now, and when G and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto him, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left one stone upon another. That shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be, to be afflicted, and they shall kill you. Shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake, and then they shall... Many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. A lot of times we get this question, and or we think about this, are we in the end times? Are we in the end times? Are we in the latter times? Are these the end days? Have we any time left? Uh, maybe you've heard this statement before. I've seen, I see the signs of the times. You ever heard anybody say that? I see the signs of the times. I feel like we're coming upon something. I feel like the Lord is coming back very soon. And you look around at the situation that we have in our world today, and you don't have to look very far to maybe read some of the things we just talked about. Earthquakes, we just talked about that. Uh, pestilences, you know what a pestilence is? Anybody know what a pestilence is? It's like a virus and those kinds of things, sicknesses, famines, wars. Yeah, all those things seem to be happening. All these things seem to be going on. So we ask, is this the end times? Are we in it? Is it, is it? Are we just about there, preacher? Well, what's amazing to me is how relevant the scriptures are. The Bible is so relevant. It's so contemporary. You know, this book was written over 2,000, almost 2,000 years ago, the, the New Testament, 4,500 for the, for the old. So... You say, how is this contemporary? How is this so relevant? Well, look here at verse number three. It says here, the disciples came to him privately, and they said to him, 
Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? I mean, think about that. Just think about that statement for a minute, that question. When is the end of the world? Are we not still asking that same question? Are not unbelievers even asking that same question? Aren't people still wondering, is this the end? They might not even know anything about God or care to know anything about God, but they're asking themselves, is this the end? Is this all there is to it? Are we about done with everything? Um, It seems to me that almost it seems that people within themselves almost have an innate knowledge that the world is going to end someday. People have enough common sense, I believe, given to them by God to realize that this, uh, this old ball that exists out here in the middle of space can't keep going on like it is. Uh, it's something's bound to happen. Uh, now, a lot of the world attributes to it to other things. They say, well, maybe it's a nuclear war. And they thought, uh, definitely in the 60s, in the 70s, they thought, man, uh, in, the, in the 80s, they thought, man, this whole world's going to go up in a fireball. The, the nuclear war is going to happen. Uh, anybody old enough for the Cuban Missile Crisis right there? And, uh, and so, I mean, they, John F. Kennedy right there, they were bringing those uh, missiles over. Uh, man, there was a lot of speculation. Is this the end of the world? Uh, some people say, you know, it's global warming. I know we kind of maybe chuckle about that, and maybe some people do. That's well, global warming. Climate change. I love their new uh, slogan on that, climate change, right? Uh, the climate's always changing. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, it's climate change. I mean, the polar ice caps are going to melt, and uh, we're all going to be drowning in water again. Um, I don't believe that to be so whatsoever because I believe the Bible. Amen? Uh, God said that he would never flood the whole entire earth again. So that's not going to happen. But uh, I believe that the world has this in them. They, they ask these questions, just like the disciples were asking 2,000 years ago. They were saying to the Lord, they were saying, Lord, I, the world's going to end. Uh, when is this going to happen? Tell us what's going to happen here, Lord. Uh, because Jesus had said to them that, you see this temple here, it's all going to be torn down one day, and none of it's going to exist anymore. And they said, when is this going to happen, the Lord? Well, everybody has their ideas and everybody has their thoughts on when the world and how the world is going to end. Usually there are two issues that we need to work through that in regards the world. Number one is this, is that the world may think that the world is coming to an end, but the world, now understand this, when I say world, world, I'm talking about two different worlds, right? There is a world, the terra firma out there that you see, the grass, the, the trees, the, uh, the ground, the, the ocean, the lakes, all those kinds of things. That's the world, okay? But the Bible also speaks of another world, the world system. The world system. There is a world system that exists out there uh, that tries to indoctrinate people into the ways of the world, into ungodly things, into go away from the world. And then there is also the world in itself, all the people in the world. So there's three worlds in the Bible. Uh, Remember that when you're reading your Bibles, sometimes you've got to uh, examine it in context and make sure that you're seeing the right world there. Am I talking, you know, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. The world that he gave, his only begotten son. Now, did the Lord give his son for the grass and the trees? Well, in a sense, he did. I won't get into that in Romans chapter number 8. But uh, the point being is this. He died for the people of the world. He died for the people of the world. Uh, He did not die for the world system. 
The world system stands against God. But God is standing in direct contrast against the world. But the problem is this, is that the world, that is the system of the world, that is the people of the world that are not of God, do not believe, they might believe a lot of things, but they don't believe that judgment is coming from the Lord. They reject that thought. They don't, think, they don't want this idea, that judgment is coming from God. Uh, they are like the parable of Jesus in Luke twelve forty five, where the Bible says, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat his men servants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken. The world says this, 2 Peter 3, 4, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, they're mocking us Christians here in this particular verse right here. Peter is bringing up a mockingness that was brought out to him. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's what they say. say you talk about the world is coming to it, and you say that Jesus is coming again. So, well, it's been 2,000 years. Where is he at? You know, that's what the world says. So they don't believe judgment is coming from God. They know this thing might can go on, but they don't think that God's going to do it. And also, I believe a lot of us, even, un, even Christians can be guilty of this, is that we might believe the Lord is coming soon. We might believe that judgment is coming from God. But I don't know if he's coming in my time. See what I mean? Some people try to delay that. And they say, mm, it's not going to happen in my time. The end of the world might be in a distant future, but it's not in my lifetime. You say, how do, they, how do you know that? Because we don't live that way. We don't live as if the Lord is going to return today. So in our living, we can prove out uh, that what we truly believe sometimes. Of course, uh, we all have gone through that. But we need to be reminded of this, that yes, the Lord is coming soon. So are we in the last times? The simple answer is, yes, we are. We are in the last times. Wow, preacher, you're sounding the alarm, right? I mean, Jesus is coming soon. No, I'm not putting dates on anything, okay? I always like to say this. We're one day closer than we were yesterday, right? All right. I know, I know that Jesus is coming uh, very soon because he said he's coming again. And we're one day closer. We're always one day closer. But the Lord said this. There is a day coming when he's coming in Matthew 24 and verse number 36. You're already there. It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, and by my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But my Father only. So Jesus is coming again one day. But... The Bible does not give us a clear, nor does it tell us the date when he is coming. So to ever predict that, you're being a fool. Never do that. And if you ever hear anybody do it, just mark it down. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're talking about. Because the Bible does not reveal it to us, and God said that he's kept it secret from mankind anyhow. So what are we reminded of here tonight? Reminded of this, that we need, need to be ever watchful of the Lord's coming. We need to be ever watchful and sober-minded and waiting and looking for the Lord to come. Are we in the last days? Yes, we are. 
Jesus was said to be in the last days. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 1 and verse number 2. I wish I could have you turn to every one of these. Maybe it might be better for you to write them down and get a, get a chance to go back and look at all of these because I have quite a bit to cover here tonight and I'd like to get through most of it. But I want to just first of all hit on this point of are we in the last days? Yes, we are. Hebrews 1, 2. Let me just go ahead and have you turn there. You're probably already there. It says this. It says that the Lord hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. So when Jesus was walking upon the world, the Bible says that he came in the last days. That was almost 2,000 years ago, folks. And he says these were in the last days. The Bible says to us in 1 Peter chapter number 1, in verse number 20, the Bible says, Who verily was foreordained for the, before the foundation of the world, was, but was manifest in these last times. Jesus was manifested to us in the last times. Hebrews 9.26, listen to this very profound statement that the author gives to us. For them must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but Jesus suffering, he only suffered once, but listen how, but now once in the end of the world, the end of the world, the Bible says, hath he appeared to put away sin by sacrifice of himself. So the Bible lets us know that Jesus came in the last times. He came in the end of the world. He came in the last times. But the Bible also tells us that in Acts chapter number two, in verse number 17, that Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down and filled those men there in that upper room, when would they come? Well, the prophecy of Joel was fulfilled. For the Bible says, Peter speaking of the prophecy of Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your daughter, sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So, you know, uh, just over 1900 and something years ago, Pentecost happened, and that was called the last days, the last days. Uh, Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter number 3, 3, in his epistle, that's written obviously long past Pentecost, saying this, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, just like I read to you earlier, where is the promise of his coming? We also read in 1 Timothy chapter number 4 and verses number 1 and 2, that in the last days, that religious rituals will be practiced. Religious rituals. Listen to these rituals. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times, that is the same wording here as last days, last times uh, that we've been talking about. Some shall have depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So the Bible tells us here that there will be religious rituals. There will be hypocrisy. There will be people that will be turning away from the truth. Are we seeing that today? We are. We're seeing those same things. Um, I don't need to get into this passage, but 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, what does that tell us? It tells us there will be great wickedness during the last days. 
Are we seeing great wickedness in our day today? Very much so. Just read the headlines. You'll find wickedness all through the headlines. First uh, John chapter number 2 and verse number 18. The Bible tells us that in the last times there will be Antichrist. Not the Antichrist. Okay? Do you realize there are Antichrists, with plural, living upon the world today? I didn't say the Antichrist. I say Antichrist. Those that are either trying to go against Christ or those who are trying to actually fill and take the spot of Jesus Christ. 1 John 2.18 Little children, it is the last time. Now he's not saying, now this is the last time I'm going to tell you this. All right, That's not what he's saying. He's saying, this is the last time. We're in the last days, children. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrist, whereby we know that it is the last time. So all these words, latter times, last times, last days, last day, we're living in the end times. We're living in the end of the world. You could even say it like this, that we're living 2,000 years closer to the Lord's coming than we did even back then. If that was the end times, what are we living in now? You say, so how can God tell us we're living in the last times whenever it's been 2,000 years? Well, do we all know the verse where the Bible tells us what is a day to the Lord? It is as a thousand years. And a thousand years is as a what? Day. Time makes no difference to God. God doesn't wear a fossil watch, all right? God doesn't, God doesn't have an, an iPhone where you can just click it on and see what time it is and what day it is. God doesn't have one of those. God doesn't have a calendar in heaven with little puppy dogs on it, okay? I mean, God doesn't have any of those things, okay? God operates on his own timetable, on his own calendar, all right? So we need to be careful. We need to realize that God could come at any time. All of these things are pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming again, like 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. What is that telling us? He's saying the stage is set. It's ready. It's all ready. Now listen, be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Number one, write these seven signs down. You say seven signs. Ooh, we in 20 minutes. Uh, yes, all right, seven signs. Seven signs of his coming. Number one, verse number two. Jesus tells us the first sign is the destruction of Jerusalem. The destruction of Jerusalem. See you not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be stone, one stone left upon another that should not be thrown down. Jesus says, look at the temple. He says, I'm telling you right now that all of these things are going to be thrown down. Now, that was a ridiculous proposition that Jesus was making at that point in time. The nation was at peace. There was nothing happening. The Romans and the, and the Jews were okay with each other at that time. Everything was, it was just kind of going, going along Nice and smooth at that time. Even, can you remember even the crucifixion of Jesus Christ? Guess what? Everybody got together, banded together for that horrific event, if you will. That terrible event in history, but praise the Lord for it because it saved our souls. But they banded together for all of this. They, they, they were able to find some kind of accord. But the Bible lets us know, or excuse me, but history will let us know that in 70 AD, just about 40 years later, 
that there was a man by the name of Ty, by, by a general by the name of Titus that came in to ransack and he destroyed Jerusalem. He destroyed it. He took it by siege. He destroyed every single bit of it. And there is an account that's been given to us that says that Titus gave orders to demolish the whole city and the temple. He said this, dig it up from the foundation. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like let not one stone be left upon another. And that's exactly what he did. There was another by the name of Rufus, an army officer in the army of him. And he actually brought a plowshare and he tore up the foundations of the temple. You say, what's the big deal about that? The Bible says that in Micah 3.12, that Zion, that is Jerusalem, shall be plowed like a field. That's exactly what happened. God fulfilled his word. In fact, we know that later on that the stones were actually taken out because the temple in the inside, if you remember, was full of gold. There was gold on the interior of the temple. Can you imagine walking into this building and the walls being lined with gold? That's what the temple was like. I mean, it was lined with gold. And so before they, before they did anything, they burnt the temple and they were instructed after they were burned the temple, they noticed that gold was melting and coming out the sides. The Roman officers were instructed to sift through every stone after it was all said and done and gather the gold for Caesar. Not one stone upon another. The exact words of Jesus Christ were fulfilled. Sign number one. Sign number one. Sign number two. Antichrist. He tells us, he says in verse number four, he says, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. All right? Are there antichrists in our world today? Of course there are. There are anarchists, there are anti-everything, and there, of course, there are antichrists, people that are against Christ, all right? Understand, that's one way to understand what an antichrist is. It's somebody that's against Christ, against the Lord, against these things, okay? Uh, But Jesus was not the first person that claimed to be Messiah either. There was actually two other men that the Bible lets us know that actually claimed to be Messiah. They drew people away to themselves and they were later on killed and their followers were killed. But did you realize that as we speak right now, there are not only people that are against Christ, but there are actually 10 men in the world right now that claim to be Jesus? As we live right now? (laughs) Isn't that crazy? There is actually a man in the Philippines named Apollo who has 6 million followers, and he claims to be Jesus Christ. Think about that. I mean, we're living in the last times. There's a man in Japan. There's a man in South Africa. There's a man in Australia. There's a man in Siberia. There's a man in Zambia, a man in England, and a man in Brazil, all claiming to be Jesus Christ right now, right as we speak. So this is just a short list. There's many more that uh, don't make the list because their followings are too small. But the point being is this, is that there's people all out there that claim to be Jesus Christ. One of our most famous ones was uh, David Koresh uh, of the Branch Davidians. That was an offshoot of some other cults that were out there. So, uh, so we're familiar with this. We understand this. 
This is a sign of the time. Is Jesus coming soon? Are there antichrists in the world? Yes, he's coming soon. Number three, wars. Wars. I don't think I have to spend long here, but he says in verse number six, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled. Okay, so this is evident. There are literally have been, I looked this up and I tried to, I thought maybe I could catalog the wars, but there have literally been tens of thousands of wars. There's no way to catalog it. There's no way to even like put it in a book or say, oh, let's talk about all the world's wars of history. There's no way to do it. There's not enough time to do it. There's been tens of thousands of them all throughout the centuries. And so there's been always, there's always wars that are happening, that are going on. In our news today, we're hearing of new wars that are coming on the scenes. They're, they're happening. Um, so wars, uh, that's a sign of the time. That's sign number three. Do you, when, do you realize that that's why in uh, World War II, a lot of people thought that Adolf Hitler was the Antichrist. And they believed that this war of wars, world war, I can't even say it, uh, war of wars, that's what I was trying to say, was the end. And we're coming to the end of all things. Okay? And I could, I could see why they said that. Okay? Do you have a problem with them saying that? Not necessarily. That's a sign of the time. Understand that. So when you see these things happening on the scene, you should be getting prepared for yourself and saying, you know what, this could be the thing. Jesus could be coming. I should be seeing these things. Antichrist, wars, all these, I should be preparing. We shouldn't just look at these things lackadaisical and say, ah, it's not a big deal, it's just another war. No, we should be preparing ourselves. These things are always to bring soberness to our minds and to our hearts and to watch unto prayer, just like he says to do so. What about this? Nations and kingdoms being taken over. That's what he says here. He says that in verse number 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. That's happening. I mean, that happened this week in front of our eyes. The Taliban took over Afghanistan. Do you realize? I mean, that literally happened. Nation took over nation this week in front of us. I mean, this is happening on the world scene all the time, and it's happened all throughout history. The Germans took over Poland, France, Czech, Norway, Finland uh, and, uh, in, in an unpredictable fashion. The North Koreans uh, went in and invaded, their, um, invaded in an unpredictable fashion. The North Vietnamese took over the South Vietnamese in an unpredictable fashion. One after another after another after another has happened all throughout this world. And nation has been rising against nation. Kingdom has been taken over a kingdom. And we should all be having in our hearts what 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, and 8 says this. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. When you see these things, realize that the end is near. It's coming. It's coming. Number five. What's the fifth sign? The fifth sign is, he says it right here in front of us, famines. He says, and there shall be famines. There have been famines all around this world. There are famines going on today as we speak. There was the great famine of Ireland. It killed one million people. One million people. A famine. 
1888, there was a famine in Ethiopia that killed one million people. A famine in Congo killed about 2.7 million from starvation. Died of starvation. Literally. Two million people. As we speak right now, Sudan is going through one of the worst famines known to man. People are literally dying, starving to death. So it, it, it is not unprecedented to think to ourselves that Jesus could come today. Because we're right in the middle of all of this. We're right in the middle of all of this. I don't know how true this is, but I did get this from a real, reputable source. I don't know how accurate, but they say that, that one in 5,000 die every day because of starvation. It seemed like a pretty reputable source that I got that from, but, you know, just think about that. That's, a, that's starvation, famines. Famines are happening. Diseases. That's what the word pestilence, that's what the word pestilences mean. Pestilences mean diseases. Are we in the midst of a pestilence even right now? Well, yes. In fact, we're in the midst of lots of pestilences and diseases right now as we speak. The only thing that a lot of us can, people can think of, the only disease or virus, the only thing that people can think about for some reason is COVID-19. But my friend, I'll tell you right now, we're, there's a lot of diseases that are happening right in front of us as we speak. There's people with, with cancer. That's a disease. There's people with heart disease. They call it heart disease. Or if you were writing back in the 1600s, you would call it heart pestilence. It was literally heart disease. People are dying from this all the time. But some famous diseases that are out there that exist is that, uh, is that at its peak, HIV AIDS has killed over 36 million people. 36 million. The, the, the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918, 20 to 50 million people. We don't, has anybody ever heard of the Black Death? The, uh, you know, bubonic plague? We don't even know how many people died from that. There's not even good numbers. The best I could find was this, 75 million to 250 million. <laughs> I mean, that's just... What are those numbers? I mean, we don't even know what, we don't, people don't even know how many people died. Just people dying everywhere because of this terrible plague. So, then, you know, and, and, and you can take any of these numbers if you want to with a grain of salt, however you want to, all right? I'm just reporting to you what I have researched, okay? But to this point, worldwide, they say that the coronavirus has killed 4.3 million people. 4.3 million. But the worst plague that's ever existed in the world is called smallpox. And it killed over 500 million people. Think about that. These are called diseases. Uh, cancer is a disease. Heart disease is a disease. Uh, there are diseases that are all around us. These are all upon us, and we need to realize this. Uh, what else is happening? Earthquakes. Earthquakes. Well, I mean, we just had an earthquake. There's been reports that over 1,200 people have died in Haiti because of an earthquake. As I mentioned to you earlier, about 250,000 died in Haiti because of an earthquake. 
there are earthquakes that are happening on every single day. Every single day, there are earthquakes in this world. You say, why do we need to see all this? Because look what he says here in verse number 8, okay? I bring all that to your attention, these seven signs, because look what he says in verse number 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. That's just the beginning, folks. We haven't even got to the bad stuff yet. Think about that. We haven't even got to the bad stuff. Read your Bibles. Read Revelation. Read the, read, the, read the closing chapters. What's happening there with all the plagues, with all the bowls, with all the vile judgments, with all the trumpet judgments, with all the seal judgments. I mean, uh, God is going to pour out His wrath in a very unusual way that He's never done so in the, in, in the past. And He's going to do it not just upon a localized region like Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, he's not going to do it uh, in a swift judgment like He did with the flood. But rather, He's going to, uh, in a very calculated way, take out His wrath upon this world little by little by little by little ongoing and ongoing until finally there was a final judgment day there on, at, at Armageddon but the point being is this is that these are the beginning of sorrows uh, don't whenever you whenever these things come upon us we should all be understanding that we are in the last days we are in the last days we are in the last times and what we should say to ourselves is that all of this is really preparatory. It's preparing us for the fact that Jesus can come and is coming again. So the next time you turn on the news, read a newspaper, uh, find, your, uh, find yourself on the social media app or find yourself uh, looking across uh, your favorite news site on your, or whatever you do or if you hear somebody talking around, around the water cooler or a family member mentioning this to you or this bad thing to you or even the next time that you hear somebody in your family that's got cancer or just a brother that had triple bypass surgery. The next time you hear about any of those kinds of things, just realize that the end is near. It's near. Because these are all signs that are pointing to Jesus Christ coming again. Now it's sad to me, and it should be sad to all of us, that some people that claim to be Christians will not even make it through a thing like COVID-19. They won't even make it through a, uh, a bad report from the doctor. Uh, you know, they won't make it through whenever they see a great humanitarian crisis like they see maybe in, in Haiti. They'll say to themselves, well, I thought God was to be a loving God. Uh, what has God done here? I don't even want to believe in this God anymore. And if we're not careful, we can look at all of these things that are happening around us and we can start to blame God when, we're, when in reality, we all need to realize that the root cause of all of these things is sin. You see, that's why prehistoric history is wrong. Because there is no death before sin. If evolution is true, then you have death before sin. You can't have that. That's backwards theologically, biblically. You can't have that. God is wrong then, okay? And I'm not here to say that God is wrong and I never will. 
by God's grace. But the point being is this, and even if I did, I'd still be wrong. Amen? Okay? <laughs> God is right and God is true. Let every man be a liar. And the point being is this tonight, is that we've got to understand that this world is coming to an end. It's coming to a close. It's close, coming to a final chapter. As the old preachers used to say, it's closing time. Closing time's coming. And I said a little comment before, and let me just kind of uh, expound on that before I close. Closing time's coming. And the Lord redeemed mankind on the cross. But according to Romans chapter number 8, do you realize that he also redeemed this world? Because a future day is coming when God is going to remove the curse that is on the physical earth. And there will not be earthquakes and fires and floods and all the terrible things that you see happening upon the world that is happening here today. And there, there won't be uh, the, the fighting, the turmoil, and there won't be even uh, a, a turmoil between lion and lamb, wolf and lamb. Uh, the, 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 the child shall be able to play on top, of the, uh, on top of the adder's nest. Think about that. And everything will be okay. Because God will remove that curse that has plagued this physical world for so long. But sadly, and I don't think I have to tell you this, but the obvious is we're not there. And so what do we do? We need to wait. And we need to watch. And we need to pray. We need to sober up, church. We need to sober up and realize that Jesus is coming again. What is our response? What is our response when we see all these things happening around us? Let us watch. Let us wait. And let us be looking. Let us strengthen the knees. Let us understand that Jesus is coming again. And when these things come to pass, then look up. Listen to this. Luke 21, 28. And when these things come to pass, begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Okay? Don't be discouraged. Don't get upset. Don't get mad at God. Don't blame God for anything. But look up, say, Lord, just pointing to the fact that you're coming even sooner. You're coming, Lord. Don't think it won't be in your time. It could be. It could be today. It could be today. Father, thankful for the word.